Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 52. In this episode, we'll be talking with Deanna Francis. We talk about defining your values, following your intuition, and taking little shuffles to get to your goal. Stay tuned because you won't want to miss this episode. But first, have you joined the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group yet? In this group, you are surrounded by badass women who are constantly trying to grow and improve themselves and they're so supportive of each other. Definitely make sure you go to Facebook and join Ordinary to Badass group. Now to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. Today's guest is Deanna Francis. Deanna, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that we connected. Yeah, absolutely. But before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself to be ordinary or badass? Badass, for sure. I love it. <laughs> nothing, nothing against ordinary, but I definitely <laughs> consider myself a badass. <laughs> Have you always felt that way? Well, I always felt kind of mm, abnormal or weird. But it wasn't until I'd say over the last few years that I've kind of shifted that to be like, no, like, this is good. This is a good thing. Weird is good. And it's a badass. <laughs> so what was it that triggered that a couple of years ago? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was a few steps in the journey, but it was just like, I, once I stopped conforming to society norms, and realize that I always say like Lion King, a whole new world is like opened up and like all of these, or no, wait, is that Aladdin? That's Aladdin. I think that's it? Aladdin. <laughs> I didn't even catch it until you called yourself out though. <laughs> See, there you go. That's what I do. Um, yeah, but all these things started happening on my journey and, and just opening up a whole new world. <laughs> and um and that's kind of where the evolution started into the entrepreneurship journey. Can you give us an example of something you stopped conforming to? Yes, actually, you inspired me after I started listening to your podcast. I went back and started looking at old USB cards of things that I have had done in the past in creating different businesses. And I I left the corporate world about five years ago to become a health coach. And then I became a plant-based chef and then I started a podcast. So it was just a lot of things happening. But I think the one point that stands out for me is I got to the top of the corporate ladder and I did not like the view from the top and I didn't like anything about it. It gave me a gross feeling. Um, and, and specific 
distinctly, I remember pressing the elevator button to go to the 16th floor one day, and I just thought, what the hell am I doing with my life? And then like that, I changed it. How long did it take you to change? Like after you had that thought, what the hell am I doing with my life? How long did it take you to go into be an entrepreneur? Well, I booked a trip to Italy. <laughs> so random. But I'd never been, I've been to other countries, but like never a big trip on my own. And so I thought, you know what, maybe I could just go find myself. And this was before, well, I've never seen Eat, Pray, Love, but apparently like that's thing that she does right uh -huh. and so I kind of had one of those moments and I just went on this amazing adventure and I think just really tuning into my intuition on that trip um I got back and and I just I put in my two-week notice and you know I had been saving for a little bit and and I think that was the moment where I thought I know that I have so much more to offer this world than cubicle walls and fluorescent lights and corporate slogans that really don't resonate with me right and so that was really my I guess kind of aha moment like magical moment where I realized like, I don't fit this mold. yeah I really love the story about you just taking off and going to Italy on your own what did going there by yourself what did that teach you Oh man, it taught me so much about listening to the whisper inside me. So little kind of backstory is I went and didn't even bring my phone with me. And this oh, was wow. only five, yeah, it was only five years ago. So it wasn't like it was 20 years ago where having a phone was kind of abnormal. Right. Um, so I had no apps. I had, I didn't speak the language and I just really had to tune in and if something didn't feel right I could navigate around that you know you're you're turning down roads you've never been down before and seeing people that just might not look safe or whatever and so I started really just kind of listening to that whisper and then I connected that to oh that's my intuition that's the thing my mom's been telling me my whole life to listen to, but I didn't know what the heck she was talking about. <laughs> so I think that was really those, those little moments that just added up to this, whoa, I have this compass inside me that's guiding me every single freaking step of the way. Yes, that's so good. Yeah, I, I think that's so badass that you went to Italy on your own and then without a phone, that seems like terrifying, but like exhilarating at the same time. So I love that. Yeah. And you know, I have to say one thing. Um, I, I come from the insurance world. So it's very, um, I guess, cookie cutter, very, man, a little cutthroat, if I could be honest. And in Italy, it was, you know, people just relaxing and at one o'clock they'd be having wine with their lunch and God forbid I ever tried to do that on my lunch break, you know, <laughs> not that I need alcohol to like live this amazing life, but if I wanted to, I feel like I should be able to, right? And so I think it was just little things like that adding up where I'm like, I feel like I just don't really belong where I'm at right now. So do you incorporate that into your life now? Like if you want to have like wine on your lunch, like stop caring what people think. Do you do that now? Absolutely. I, I mean, I just sang the wrong, or I said the Lion King when it was Aladdin and I sang on this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, 
like, oh, well, don't edit it out. I don't care. Right. Um, yeah, I've just kind of been in that in that realm over the last couple years, or I'd say probably three years, where I'm just, this is me, and I've got more comfortable, and I don't know if that happens when you get to a certain age, or you get to a certain level in life, um, or there's a cross-section between the two, maybe, but I definitely remember when I was in my 20s, people telling me in their 30s, like, oh, you... you just wait till you turn 30, right? Like this whole right. like other like thing comes to you. And uh, yeah, I experienced it. Yes, so good. Um, and I also think it comes from using your voice. Like the more that you use your voice and speak up or do things how you want to do them, the more clear you become on who you are and the comfortable or more comfortable you become with it. Absolutely. And going back to what I was looking up, you know, on my old USB cards or, or thumb drives was just a polished version of me. And I remember I had a boss in the insurance industry that said I needed to be more polished. Like I was the one who would tell jokes during a meeting and these attorneys would actually like crack a smile, you know, and no, you'd like, no, you have to be prim and proper. And uh, so my first business you could see that a little bit you could see that I was still holding on to that you know that yeah that polished version of me and the more I started coming out and and using my voice like you said and, and my humor and and people connect with that you know like they want the I mean, it, it, everybody serves a purpose. So there definitely needs to be serious people and, you know, people that stay at their corporate jobs for a really long time, like the world wouldn't be able to go the way that it goes with, without those people. But for me, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And I think that prim and proper is good for some people that that's who some people are. But like, if it's not, you know, get out, pivot, rotate, do what you got to do so that you're living the life you want to live, not what somebody else has told you to live. Yeah. Exactly. So we've already heard a little bit about you, but will you share a short intro with our audience or a short bio about yourself? Absolutely. So I had spent 12 years going from job to job, trying to find more fulfillment and my place in the corporate world. And I really decided to stop conforming and really use my creativity as an outlet while I was bored in each of those jobs and with each creative outlet to, became a new project and a new turn on my journey and it's led me to now I have my own podcast lean into curiosity which from that I created my own coaching business so it's just about taking the messy imperfect action and I think I am a prime example of that can you talk a little bit about the creative outlets? Um, I think sometimes people think if they have nine to five job, they can't have creative outlets. I would not have survived my nine to five if I did not have my creative outlets. And it, it looks different for everybody at different times in your life. Um, so it was the podcast. I just knew I wanted to, similar to you, talk to like-minded people that were just a few steps ahead in their journey. And that became... You know, I, I got a free coaching session every week. I talked to money mindset coaches, self-love coaches, and then it just opens up this whole new energy level and you get new ideas that start coming your way. So at that, you know, about 
a year ago, I was doing some consulting work. And again, I was kind of bored in that, in that arena and I knew I needed something. So that's when I started the podcast, but you know, it, it varies. Sometimes it's painting. I just bought it. I just got a bunch of yarn from Amazon to embroider on a hat because I just need to keep that creative flow going. Um, even if you are your own, you know, your own boss and you're doing your own thing and you're not in your nine to five, you just kind of need to shift every now and then. Yeah. It sounds like you have become good at shifting, which I don't think is an easy thing to do. Um, how do you encourage yourself to shift when you feel like it's time? Again, it's tuning into my intuition and what I've really got good at is aligning to my personal values. And I think everybody has their values, but they don't necessarily know that that's how they're making decisions. Or if they're going against their values, decision-making is complicated. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have my five core values. And it's so easy for me to make decisions because I just go, is this align- in alignment with those? Okay, well, that's an easy decision. Pivot right? Or adjust accordingly or whatever. And I know, I know deep down inside, there's friends that I've been friends with for years that probably behind the scenes are like, here she goes again, (laughs) trying something else. But I've just learned to not care. It's my life. And you know, a lot of these people work for the government or they have these corporate jobs they've been in for years. And again, it just it wasn't my, I don't fit that mold. So within that is the ability to flex and change and, and try new things. And that's the joy of the creativity and starting your own business, I think. Yeah. And I think there's something to say about just figuring out, figuring it out as you go and you don't have to have all the answers, but then if you try something new and you figure out how to do it, then it like, gives you some more confidence or some more swag, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's part of the podcast. Somebody said the other day, they're like, sheesh, a podcast is your creative outlet. And and for me, it was, I wanted to learn the techie piece of it too. Sure. I like creating all the art and that stuff, you know, the graphics behind the scenes, but you know, it's a lot of technology and and I fight with it. We fight with it all the time, (laughs) but yeah, like once you accomplish it and you're like, Oh, I learned something. It, it, it gives you that boost of, of your own inspiration. It's yes. weird how that works. Yeah. And no, I hear you. I'm like, before my podcast and my blog, it's, I was not techie whatsoever. So it's like, if this girl can figure it out, anybody can. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So let's talk, pivot and talk a little bit about your wins. Can you share with us something that you're most proud of accomplishing? I just recorded my hundredth episode on my podcast. Yay! And <laughs> it here is the thing: it, it's released in November, so that makes me what is that for? Almost four months ahead. I've never been this far ahead in anything in my life ever. Yeah. Um, you know, when I started my podcast in March of 2019, I had no idea. I didn't know if I was going to do weekly shows, monthly, like I, zero idea. Um, so that's a huge recent win for sure. Yeah, that's so amazing. What have you learned from accomplishing that? 
that I'm not afraid of commitment. <laughs> you know, I think as creative people, outsiders that are not creative people think that we're flaky or we're flighty or we're non-committers. And I didn't have to prove myself to anybody, really. I mean, it wasn't about that, but just knowing that I have it in me to start something and get that far. Um, and again, I'm, I'm pivoting at the end of the year. I'm taking the whole, the whole holiday season off and I'm going to readjust in January and see how I feel. But just knowing that I can commit. <laughs> yeah. What's something that most people don't know about what it took to accomplish getting the hundred episodes? Oh man. Oh, it is so much behind the scenes work. When people think that they want to start a podcast, it's, yeah, you just hit record and you put it out to the world. I, I'm just going to speak for myself. Every single episode that is an interview takes approximately six hours from the connection, the actual interview, the editing, the marketing, you know, all show notes. Yep. Yeah. Show notes. Yeah. You're shaking your head. You totally get it. <laughs> and, and I think just knowing, had I known that going into it, I'm not going to say it would stop me, but people just don't understand that it's not that easy. If it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. I mean, sure. There's a lot of podcasters out there, but it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a ton of work. I don't think I expected it in the beginning either. Um, but I would also say if you have it like pressing on your heart to start a podcast, start the podcast. You don't have to do the show notes. You don't have to do all the marketing at first. You don't have to do, um, technically you don't have to do editing. Um, it just depends on like what you want to put out there. But also if, if that's what it's going to take just for you to start, then start. That's actually a really good point. So what I always tell people is don't wait for that one big idea. Just whatever's, like you said, whatever's pressing on your heart, whatever you're thinking about while you're drinking your coffee in the morning or laying down to go to bed, that one thing. And if that's a podcast, you're right. I didn't need show notes. I, I mean, I took it to a whole other level. I have three takeaways at the end. I started with five takeaways at the end. You know, I was an hour long episode. Now I'm 30 minutes. My solos are only 10 minutes. So I adjusted as I went. But yeah, that's a really good point to the listener. If you do want to start a podcast, don't let it discourage you by me being transparent with how long it took me. Um, just do it. You'll figure it out as you go. Yep, absolutely. And like we kind of talked about earlier, you're going to feel like a badass after you do. <laughs> Totally. All the badass feelings will come up for you for sure. Yeah. So I'm sure going through your journey, going from corporate to being an entrepreneur, you've had struggles. It hasn't all been like gumdrops and lollipops. So can you talk to us um, and share with us a time where you gave up, but now you wish you wouldn't have? I love that gumdrops and lollipops. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> I was kind of over the rainbows and butterflies. So you just need a new one. Uh, so I actually outsourced a website. I, I, I built my first website and then my second website I outsourced. And it was a really, really bad end to a quasi-friendship, I'd say. You know, somebody that I was connected with through mutual friends. 
And that really discouraged me because I, I spent a lot of money and a lot of time having this person create my website and I launched and the day I launched it crashed. And of course I didn't have a bunch of people signing up. So it wasn't that huge of a deal, but it totally discouraged me. And for about six months, I just lost the wind in my sails. Like there was nothing left in me. And it's not that I wish I would have, you know, done something different per se, because I think everything kind of happens how it's supposed to, but it definitely left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Um, and it, it made me almost think, gosh, I guess I got to do everything myself. Like they just don't get it. It took me a while to kind of let go of that mentality and trust somebody again to have my vision come to life on a website, like that's hard. So what is the importance on trusting someone else? Like to do that for you, whether it's that or doing editing for your podcast or something else in your business, what's the importance of that? Yeah, such a good question because we can't be amazing at everything. And I'm a firm believer of strengthening your strengths and outsourcing your weaknesses. Um, you know, it's nice to be well-rounded and understand how things work from the back end. So, you know, if you need to fix something or, you know, again, pivot or whatever you can, but to be able to rely on other people is such a huge business takeaway and will only help you improve what you are good at so you can focus on the things that light you up. Yeah. And I would even argue it's not, it doesn't just have to be a business takeaway. It can be a life takeaway. If you're a mom and you're working and you're busy at home and you feel like you just don't have enough time, well then, okay, hire somebody to come do house cleaning once a week or once a month or something. Sometimes you can, your time is better spent outsourcing than doing something that you just hate. Yes. Good that you say that because I actually did an episode on this. Uh, my lesson from hiring a housekeeper and that's exactly what I did I used to think people that hired housekeepers were lazy right and then I and then for years I was envious of it because I just I can't afford that why am I going to spend my money on that and it's a lot of not only is it time that it takes but it's energy I don't enjoy doing it. it's not therapeutic for me some people my sister-in-law loves scrubbing baseboards I think she's so weird <laughs> But that works for her. It's her it's her therapy and her zone and whatever. But yeah, even if it's something like that or Amazon Prime, my whole food delivery now. I don't have to grocery store. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I like I always think this is the best time that we could have had the pandemic. Because like if this had happened 30 years ago, we wouldn't be able to have like stuff delivered or sent to us. You know, it would be completely different. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, if it's going to happen, make it be 2020 for sure. Yes. So Deanna, can you share with us a story about one of the hardships that you have faced to get to where you are now? Oh, there are so many, so many. Um, I'll actually give you a pretty recent one. So, you know, I talk about this entrepreneurship journey and leaving the corporate world, but I always, not always, but for a while I kept one foot in and I did consulting work. So I was a 1099, but I was still facing, I, I, let, me, let me back up and say, I had one source of income with that consulting work. And I, I, did, I put all my eggs in one basket. 
while I was creating a, a separate business to the health coaching one. And they can so easily pull the rug out from under you. And you're kind of left high and dry and you can't collect unemployment. And if all of your energy and your time was spent on that one contract and you weren't really focusing on other things, that can leave you in a really, really crappy situation. And, and that happened to me. And it wasn't any fault of theirs, any fault of mine. It was just kind of one of those mutual things that just, you know, we cut ties. But it left me kind of in a whirlwind going, crap, now what am I going to do? And of course, I, I figured it out, like I keep talking about. But it was one of those, those moments where I thought, I don't want to rely on one source of what would you say to the woman who has one foot in something right now that she's not even, she's not even excited about? It doesn't thrill her, but yet she's terrified to do the other thing. Yeah, start taking, I call them little shuffles. You don't even have to take a step. <laughs> if the step is scary, and what I say is the shuffle is Google. The shuffle is YouTube. Whatever that thing is that you want to do, if it's a podcast, how do I start a podcast? That one step, because it's a rabbit hole and a good rabbit hole. <laughs> because before you know it, you have all of these ideas knocking on your brain and you're like, oh, I didn't even think to, to do a podcast and turn it into a YouTube channel. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, I like YouTube better than podcasts. You know, so it's just Google could be your best friend. And second to that, figure out your values. You have to understand what is driving you and what is why things are lighting you up and then how to align to those values so you can make decisions in a much uh, yeah, easier way. So do you do anything to remind yourself of your values? Yes, I am constantly in my head, even through the little actions throughout my day. Is this aligned to my values? Is this is this helping me? So I'll, I'll tell you one of them is balance. And if I start to feel off balance, even in just my littlest, you know, routine throughout the day, I can feel it. And I go, you're, you're not balanced. What do you need right now? Do you need to get up from your desk and go outside and get some fresh air? Will that help? So I'm constantly having internal dialogue. I think it's just shifting your dialogue from that negative self-doubt talk to the like, I got you. I'm going to be gentle with you. What do you need right now? So that really helps. And I have them plastered everywhere. I have them on my screensaver. I have them on my phone. Um, I'm always on social media talking about values. So it's definitely like a reiteration all the time. Yeah. I think that we just think that we are going to remember them or they're just going to like, I have my five values and so now I'll just stick by it. But if you don't have little reminders um, to keep it at the top of your mind, you won't necessarily remember. Yeah, exactly. And I think you just get so far out of alignment that it's really hard to reel yourself back in if you're not, yeah, like you said, reminding yourself. And so another good way to explain this was when I was doing a really long commute at one point in, in my career, it was like a three hour round trip commute. And adventure is really important to me. And although I hated the commute, 
I built adventure into it. And so I would stop at a new coffee shop. I'd take a different route to work. I'd, get, I'd go to Whole Foods and get a smoothie. So I was able to incorporate my value as a little reminder, even through the mundane task I was you know, faced with every day. Yeah. Do you find that the more you are purposeful about seeking adventure, the more it comes to you? Yeah, I think it's that whatever you focus on expands and whatever you are working through just kind of, yeah, starts showing up a little, a little more frequently. So you talked earlier about like having all these ideas come to you or you do a podcast and then you do like a YouTube. How do you capture your ideas and how do you know whether or not you should act on them? Oh, such a good question. So I am a journaler. Is that a word? Journaler is a word, right? <laughs> we'll go with it, yes. <laughs> I'm a person who journals. Uh, and I have for four years now. And it's with me at all times. Uh, voice memos are also good to use in my phone if I'm driving or something like that. But that's definitely a way that I capture my ideas. And I sift through them by sitting with the feeling that they bring me. And that goes back to my values. So the further I am away from my values and that idea is gonna push me further away from them, the less good I feel about it. And I just kind of start to feel, eh, maybe that's just not the right idea to move forward with right now. But if it's really aligned to my values and it hits three to five of them, then I know that that's something worth moving forward with. So I keep going back to how important these values are, but it's really your filtration system for your ideas. Yeah. And O2Bers, I think that that's really good practical advice. Um, I like how you said, if you, if it hits three of three to five of your values or more than three, then go for it, implement it, find a way to work it into your life. Um, but I think that that's a good practical step that we can take. So thank you for that. Absolutely. So Deanna, are you married or a parent? I am not. I'm a dog parent, but. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever struggled with like societal norms about being married or having kids? Yes, actually for my entire dating life, it's, that's one of the first questions you get, you know, I think yes. from 25 on. And I love that we're making this shift in society where it's not abnormal if you're in your 30s and not married with no kids. Um, but yeah, that's the question. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you married? Why don't you have kids? And I, I always found a funny way. That's just my personality and my humor to be like, well, I, you know, haven't found somebody I want to go through a divorce with. <laughs> you know? um, I like so, it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they kind of were like, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but it didn't really matter. It made me feel good. Um, but yeah, I just, you, you know, like you said, society, but I feel so fortunate that I have a family that can never put the pressure on me. I've, I've never had anybody in my family pressing me to have kids or get married or any of that. So I, yeah, I feel pretty lucky about that. Yeah, that's cool. It doesn't seem like it's, well... Maybe it's getting better. Like you said, I think that it's getting better now, but I don't know that everybody has that chance or grows up like that um, because there's a lot of family members and I don't even think it's them trying to be mean. Like it's just how they were raised. You know, you, you raised, you get married, you have kids and a family. Um, so yeah, I think it's cool. And I liked your, 
joke that you made like about not finding anybody to get a divorce with yet but yeah I'm not ready I'm not ready for that and and I think people just know that I'm so focused on happiness in my idea of what happiness is and that means trying different things exploring my curiosity like figuring out what lights me up and I think everybody kind of knows that yeah, I probably wouldn't have been able to settle down if if it was, I guess, forced upon me. And I put that in air quotes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I also wonder if sometimes it's just a conversation starter. Like sometimes like people are like, know you've been dating somebody for a while and they're just like, oh, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? You know, like it, because I'll catch myself saying that every once in a while. I'm like, why did I say that? Why does it matter? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. No, I do too. You, I mean, it's just we're conditioned. Yeah, yeah. we're just, we're conditioned to do it. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about your mindset. Tell me about your mindset and how it has led to your badassery. My mindset is staying curious. Always never taking one answer for that answer and digging in a little bit deeper. I I talked about having, you know, being fortunate to have the family that I do, but my mom also always told me if something doesn't make sense in your brain, question it until it makes sense in your brain. And that got me in trouble as a kid and a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Still does. (laughs) Um, But I think that that mindset of staying, staying kind of, I wouldn't say naive, but definitely childlike wonder. And, and knowing that there's more and trying to uncover that. And, and I think that that, you know, speaks for itself with what I've done in creating the podcast and all of these creative outlets to just enjoy my life more and, and ask the questions and, and stay curious about things. Silly question, but is that how you stay curious is just by asking the questions? It's definitely by asking the questions, but I think in addition to that, it's digging into topics that have me going, huh, what's that? You know, if you look on my bookshelf, I have things about NLP. I have things about, you know, shifting your mindset around money. I have the willpower of instinct. I have so many different books because when somebody says something or posts something or I hear it on a podcast, I feel like I'm the first person to just dive into that topic if it has that little spark of interest for me. And that spark of interest, I believe, is in you for a reason. You know, there's a reason that I'm interested in certain things versus what you're interested in. Um, I don't think that's there by accident. So do you have any tips or tricks to help us improve our mindset? Absolutely. So I definitely think journaling is a huge one. Because earlier I said, that's really my idea generator and processor is journaling. And I love going back to journal entries from months and even years before and reading them and seeing how much I've evolved in my business, in my personal life. And I think that's a huge one. And then also like grasping on to the people that inspire you 
and follow them on their journey. Because by having these people, even if it's on social media, having these people as positive influences in your life and filtering out all the other BS can really help you start to unpack things and also unlearn conditioned behavior because you're seeing other people doing what you want to be doing. You might not do it exactly how they do, right? Like you don't want to, but you can take things from those people and turn them into your own. So who are mentors, even if it's like on social media, um, YouTube, whatever, that have shaped your life? That's a great question. So a couple of the podcasts that I listen to, besides uh, Ordinary to Badass, <laughs> um, Entree Leadership is a really good one. It's Dave Ramsey Network, um, but it's not all money like Dave Ramsey is. Um, small business information. Kathy Heller, Don't Keep Your Day Job. Yeah, so good, she yeah. was so good. She was a huge influence in me starting my podcast and my business. Um, I also hired a coach. Um, so I think, I think therapy and coaching are two things that might have a negative stigma around them, but I don't think they are. I don't think they should. Right. No, I think, it's so helpful. <laughs> so helpful. I mean, you have blind spots. You can't see those blind spots or what my coach says is, and I think she, she got this from somebody else. So I'm sorry if I'm not quoting it right, but you can't read the label from inside the bottle. And I think that's really it. It's just kind of stepping out and, and seeing it from a different perspective really helps. So those are definitely two instrumental people in helping, helping me evolve as a, as a person with a, with a more positive mindset. Yeah. I I was going to say you can't do it alone, but you can do it alone. It's just harder and you don't have to. If you can learn from other people and how, what they've gone through and how they've gotten to that place, why not it, speed up your process? Exactly. And, and also to second that, you know, early on, I didn't have therapy and I didn't have a coach and people think, okay, how do I find one? So, you know, you're like Googling and like looking on Instagram and like following these people. They come to you when you're ready. They really do. I mean, my coach is somebody I interviewed on my podcast who was a referral from somebody else. I didn't even really know that she did coaching. I knew she had this mentorship program, but I didn't know that's what she did. And like we hit it off and, and one thing led to another. So again, it's having those conversations and people will show up at the right time for the right reasons. Yes. And even for therapy, if you know somebody that's going to therapy, then talk to them, find out who they're seeing. Um, I don't know. I think therapy is also a game changer. It's like you have all this baggage through life. Everybody has their own baggage and it's just a way to like not carry it anymore. You know, just drop it off and move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I said, unlearn that those behaviors. I mean, we're programmed from such an early age. You don't even realize you're doing it. And I believe looking at myself as the common denominator for situations. You know, if I keep facing the same problem at, at every client conversation, like, okay, that's me, you know, recognizing that and then unpacking that with my therapist or relationships or, you know, family matters, whatever it is, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an eye opener to see the pattern through somebody else's eyes. Yeah. It, yeah. 
Exactly. It's an outside perspective, somebody else who can see something that maybe you're too close to it and you can't see for yourself. Or it's even them asking you a question. It's like, oh, I didn't even realize that, you know, like mind blown. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I'm like, wait, I've been seeing you for a year and you asked me this one question one day. But again, sometimes we're not ready to hear it or we're not ready to process it yet. So that's why I think consistently going, consistently having a coach and listening to different podcasts, like all of those things combined, you have more of those aha moments. Totally. So I know that you're a big you're big on intuition and listening to your intuition and your inner voice. Do you have a mantra or meditation practice? I actually have to be totally honest here. I have been fighting with meditation and I know that's why they call it a practice, right? (laughs) Because you're constantly practicing. But I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be totally transparent. I find it really challenging to stay in the moment when I want to be visualizing my future and I want to be learning from my past. And so it's really hard for me to stay in that now during meditation. But I think I have my own form of meditation. And that is, again, every day reminding myself what my values are. And if I can say a a mantra to myself, it is what it is. And that really helps me in in just being okay with what's happening and not getting frustrated. Because I feel like anytime you bring this negative energy into anything that you're doing, or whether that's a relationship, a project, a client relationship, whatever, it just builds up and builds up. And so by just, it is what it is. (laughs) the only thing I can do is control my my outlook on it so how do you hone in on your intuition then so it's going back to my values so I I believe that your intuition already follows your value system and your values change as you change so when I was climbing the corporate ladder recognition was really important to me now it's not important to me at all um so as you evolve your values will evolve but that's the same as your intuition so it's just going back to listening to that whisper that's there like stuck with you through thick and thin and tuning into that um and again it's small decisions you know, which way do you want to go to work today? And, and there's a reason you're taking that route, you know? So little things like that, that just keep adding up and you're like, huh, that was my intuition talking to me. What's the importance of listening to your intuition? The importance of it. So you don't feel that icky feeling inside. So I like to associate following your intuition to the feeling you get inside your gut. And if you're, if you can think of like a really crappy situation you've been in recently. So for the listener, just think of something that just irritated the crap out of you. Someone cut you off. Your husband didn't put the dishes away when you asked him to a couple of times, like whatever it is, where do you feel that in your stomach or maybe in your shoulders? They get really tense not following your intuition is going to give you that same feeling and so it sounds kind of silly like why am i comparing it to these 
things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. No, they do. That is your body speaking to you. And when you don't follow your intuition, you get that same feeling over and over and over again until you have no way to release it but negative emotions. So whether that's crying uncontrollably, uncontrollably, yelling at somebody, getting frustrated, not being able to move an idea forward and just feeling stuck, those are all because you've ignored your intuition, I think. Yeah, and I am traditionally horrible at listening to my body or what it's, but it's so important like to pay attention to what you're feeling and where you're feeling it. Um, I think it's actually harder to avoid it, but that's what we're kind of programmed to do is to just ignore it, avoid it, move forward, move on. Yeah. I want to share something real quick. I did an Instagram video about this the other day. You know, that feeling you get when you meet somebody and you just don't gel with them. Yeah. Right? Like you don't, you can't pinpoint why. Sometimes they don't even need to talk. It's just their energy. You feel it. And we question ourselves. Why everybody else likes this person? Why don't I? Am I a judgy a-hole? Like why (laughs) do I not like this person? What's wrong with me? But the opposite to that, when we meet somebody and we enjoy their company immediately and we feel a good vibe from them. We're not going, why do I like that person so much? Yeah. But as soon as it's negative, we start to question ourselves. And so in those moments, just reminding yourself, I don't need an explanation. I just don't like that person. That's okay. (laughs) You don't have to like everybody. Yes. That reminds me of, it was a Malcolm Gladwell book. I don't remember what one it was like. Yeah, I can't remember which book it was, but it was like going with your intuition when you first meet somebody and oftentimes like the first 30 seconds of meeting somebody and that feeling you get is actually more accurate than if you've known somebody over a long period of time, because then you start to justify some of their behaviors. And I thought that was really interesting. That is so fascinating. And it's, it's so spot on. I didn't know that I was I thought I was onto this thing in my own head, not realizing that it was, you know, a best-selling book probably, but, (laughs) but that's just my intuition telling me what it's telling me, you know? Right. Right. Um, so let's pivot and talk a little bit about badass advice and this will be more of rapid fire. What was your turning point for accomplishing your goals and becoming a badass? Turning point was realizing that I was worth more than the confinement of cubicle walls and fluorescent lights. And just knowing it in my, in my gut, I have so much more to share with the world. How did that open up your life when you realized that and changed? Don't make me sing the Aladdin song again. (laughs) (laughs) But but it was, (laughs) that's what it was for me. It was just one thing led to another. I just started meeting people and having conversations and just one door opened and another one opened. And, and I think had I not taken that first step, obviously, you, you know, you can't steer a parked car as they say, right? <laughs> there you go. Take the step. Or as you said earlier, take the shuffle. <laughs> yep, exactly. So do you have a morning or an evening routine that you could share with us? I do. So every morning, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy to some people. I get up at 4.30 a.m. I 
live in Arizona. So the sun's coming up about 30 minutes after I'm awake. And I just love that time in the morning to just be with myself. I get my coffee ready and I sit on my back patio and I journal for about 30 minutes. And I usually will read for about 30 minutes too, just depending on what my day looks like. Um, but I give myself at least a full 30 minutes to journal. What's one thing that you have learned from a woman in your life? Ooh, I'm going to give the best advice I've ever received. Don't do things because you feel obligated. Do them because you want to. And that advice, actually, now that I think about it, that's a mantra that I say repeatedly <laughs> on the regular too. Um, yeah, but that was definitely some badass advice from an, from an old girlfriend of mine. Yes. So easy for us women to be like people pleasers or try to do things just because we feel obligated. So that's a good point. Um, can you share a habit or a practice that has contributed to your success? Ooh, that's a good question. A habit. Ooh, turning inward and looking at myself in each situation. I think we're so quick to think, oh, well, that person did this, or that person said that, or that person made me feel that way. But I think really turning inward and trying to learn from the situation and not beat yourself up about it or, or pick yourself apart, but just really walk away with that, that internal processing of what, what did I do in that situation? What did I contribute? Good, bad, indifferent, whatever, but where did I stand in there? It's so helpful to take your piece of the pie or to take control of what you can as, as opposed to blaming it on everybody else. Like it's easy to blame it on everybody else, but it's so much more empowering. I've found to, yeah, take control of my part of it. Absolutely. And also I'll second that with, I say, don't should on yourself. And I got this from my therapist. Um, don't, when you go inward, don't think, oh, I should have said this. I should do this. It's just, it is what it is. You said what you said. What can you do different next time if you want to? You don't even have to. But it's when we start getting into this shooting and this blame and this guilt that we just, we start to feel so negative about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, not a good one. No, not at all. <laughs> so Deanna, how often do you read and can you recommend a book and share why? Oh my gosh, I read all the time. Every day I read. Um, even if it's just a few pages. And I would say my favorite book or my most recommended book is You Are Not Lost by Maxie McCoy. It is so inspiring to hear. She just, she, the way that she lays it out and just under, having you understand you're not alone. It was just, I, I read it probably once a month. I, I thumb through it. Awesome. I will definitely throw that in the show notes so we can check it out. Let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. And then if you'll share how we can connect with you. Ooh, since you said arena, the Brene Brown quote stood out for me just now. So I'm just going to go with my gut here and say it. Um, if you're not in the arena, also getting your ass kicked. I don't care about your feedback.
And that has helped me tremendously because if you're not doing, I, I appreciate other opinions, right? Like I like that people, we can have these banters and people have different opinions, but if you're not doing the mindset work and you're not shifting your positivity and trying to enhance your life and, and grow, you have no say so in what I'm doing. And if people can just take that with them in everything that they're doing and nobody that's done what you want to do is going to be criticizing you for doing what you're doing. Right. We've heard that before too. Right. But it's so true. Yes. And so powerful. Like shut out the haters. They're not even in the arena. They're not trying to get the job done. Um, so focus on you and what you're doing. Yeah, she has another good quote real quick, Brittany Brown. I think it's, I, I might butcher it, but it's, um, don't try to please the haters. You're not a jackass whisperer. I hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> it's so good. I posted that on my Instagram the other day. I was like, I needed this so bad today. And I think a lot of people can use that. Yes, totally. So how can we connect with you? Instagram is where I hang out the most, super active there, at I am Deanna Francis. And on there on my bio is the link to my website, which will also connect you to the podcast, Lean Into Curiosity. Okay, awesome. I will definitely throw those in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show, Deanna. You've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope everybody gets to their badass level of feeling amazing. <laughs> With that, we will end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future Spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.